0: This is Brock and Saul. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Take the all by the hands on Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. And Brook Ward, you And Brooke you, are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock, Howard, and Mike Saul. Doesn't the world just seem a little bit lighter, Brock? Doesn't it just seem a little bit better when the Mariners are winning? Doesn't it just make you a little happier? It's incredible. Put a little extra smile on your face. Don't even worry about the fact that it's August 9th and it's raining outside like it's freaking March. Like, you can just sort of deal with those things a little bit easier because, Mm -hmm. hey, the Mariners are winning, and that makes the world just a little bit more fun. Uh, The Seahawks are also one day away from a first preseason matchup. How about that? That is the other thing that, like, every year gets to me quicker than I ever expect. So tomorrow evening. We'll have some Seahawks football here on the station. Looking forward to that. And as we get ready for this season, we've been counting down the most intriguing players on this team, and it brings us to today. Number 13. Yeah, I did a little edit, uh, and number 13 is Julian Love, who we spoke to earlier this week. Why, Why is Julian Love here? I think that's the thing that makes him so intriguing to me and ahead of some of the guys that were ahead of, you know, were behind him, is He didn't seem necessary, right? It seemed like this was a position of some level of depth. They have Jamal Adams coming back, who plays the same spot. Quandre has been a pro bowler and one of the better players on this team. And oh, by the way, they'd gotten pretty good contribution from Ryan Neal and others who have stepped into that role over the course of the last few seasons. So did they really need Julian Love? Well, as it turns out, he was wondering the same thing.
1: Yeah, that was my first question when I got a call that they wanted to fly me out was, why? Uh, They have two of the best safeties in the game. Um, You know, I had a really good year last year. was looking to build off of it, looking to start somewhere, you know, be that guy at safety. Um, And just my first conversation with Coach Carroll made me realize that, you know, something special is going on right now. Um, And he has the ability to utilize all of us in the safety room. Um, You know, Jamal has been such a good help. Uh, being around in these meetings uh, the past few weeks. Quandre has been a great help. It's been good getting to play next to him. I think all of us, all all of our games will elevate uh, because we're in the same room
0: together. Yeah, so he ends up coming despite the fact that he recognized it seemed like sort of an awkward fit for mm-hmm. him in Seattle. And so, okay, he's here. He's played great so far, and it starts to beg the next question. What does this mean for Jamal? What does it mean for the way they want to play the rest of this secondary? We heard that Mark uh, Schlereth yesterday called him just a football-playing Jesse, which is about as high a compliment as Mark Schlereth can give anybody. And he suggested, just like you have, Brock, that maybe we'll see Jamal playing a little bit more. Or weak side linebacker if and when he does return but you know, you're know you talking about adding some real talent at a position where maybe it wasn't what we were all talking about in the offseason but according to him it's a great way to take away some of the tight ends and other other positions that, uh, that teams are trying to beat you with so the last few years The biggest problem for this defense has been passes right over the middle of the field. And if he and Quandre can work together to take those away, you're talking about a significant change
2: to Mm -hmm. your defense. Yeah, it helped last year. I mean, the the pterodactyl that was woolen, chased some of those things down, picked him off, knocked him down. Uh, Quandre is just a super savvy player. I I would actually contend... Kobe Bryant helped it too. He did. I, I would contend last year, the biggest safety issue other than Quandre and once Jamal was out after the first game, was there was no eraser yeah like that lob had erasers that's why I like when mark says they're deeper and he didn't say they were better he said they were deeper but that lob left such an imprint on me when jordy nelson and those packer receivers look for grass to fall in because they don't want to go over the middle because they don't want to run a slant route because of what's lurking in cam and earl earl was so underrated in that way he really was i mean he was an unbelievable center fielder but he would do you remember how he would just oh, saw yeah. dudes in half ask Gronk's ribs Not what only Earl do I Thomas remember it. felt like i knew you were going to use that exact phrase he saw them in half like a film horror film i don't use that word cuz i can't say it appropriately but that's what he was he'd like tear their body like oh there's this whole lower body laying on the ground somewhere chainsaw just went through him and his name was Earl Thomas but when jamal went out last year that safety position. How many like Josh Jones? Like, oh my gosh, big run, big run, big run. And that killed your run, you know, per average game in, in, in yards per carry. So Julian's a good tackler. He's not Earl. He's a he's a good sound tackler. Kobe's a good tackler. Right? These corners, Mike Jackson, Trey Brown, feisty tacklers. And in and, and I'm, you know, we haven't talked about Jarek Reed. We'll get to watch him tomorrow night. That dude's a feisty little sucker. So yeah, you know, to me, that's what I'm excited about. Julian brings a headiness. I went back and looked at some of my boards when he told us he was a corner at Notre Dame. He was, and he played a lot of what in college you see a boundary corner defenses in college. Unlike pros will have a field boundary. Because the hashers are so wide and there's so much space. In those boundary corners, you're more more physical guy. You're more instinctive guy. They gotta play the run. They gotta handle it many times on an island by themselves. And he was very adept at that, made the transition to safety, and now is gonna be a a bit of a jack of all trades, but a safety here. A safety first.
0: Is he Bradley McDougal?
2: That's a pretty good comp. I think I saw someone mention that somewhere, but I think that's a, maybe you did last night in our show notes. I think that's a, (laughs) I think that's a, that was me, yes. I I think that's a fair comp. I want to say maybe a little twitchier. Okay. Maybe. But they're very heady, smart, in the right spot, know how to play, confident. Every time we talked to McDougal, it sounded like Julian right there. He's confident. Mm -hmm. Confident in his own skin, not trying to pretend to be anything. And I know we've said this two or three times.
0: I mean, he wasn't trying to pretend to be anything. He was pretending his dogs were something, though. I'll never really forget him saying that his French Bulldogs were sort of like pit bulls. Like, no, they're not. Trust me. They're not like pit bulls at all, Bradley. That's not
2: true. You heard it from, you know, Schlereth. The fun thing about Schlereth, very declarative. You think? Very. And he has been the most declarative of anybody about Jamal. He didn't even, like, couch it. I've still kind of couched it. Let's be clear. Julian Love was signed because he's going to be a safety. And Jamal is going to be a nickel-wheel linebacker. He's going to be an around-the-box, get-after-you, blitz, put him around the line of scrimmage and do and let him be what he is best at. Crazy. Yeah. Pretty crazy. All right. There
0: you go. That is uh number 13 on our most intriguing countdown list. It is Julian love. We'll uh, have another one tomorrow at eight o'clock. We'll be on to number 12 and uh, they're still, you know, as we get towards the end of this Brock, the guys get more intriguing. It's, mm. amaz- it's <laughs> amazing. It's just amazing how it works. It's how it works. Okay. Every, every day they just get a little bit more intriguing. Uh, Mariners play today. Uh, Uh, Of course, uh, game two here of a two-game set with San Diego. And then uh, day off Thursday tomorrow, and then uh, the big Felix weekend starts. Uh, All hail the King's Court at Victory Hall. Big Hall of Fame celebration fit for the King. That is going to be across the street, uh, what, on Friday? If you come Mm. down to Victory Hall for a special broadcast of Wyman and Bob, they will be live from the Kings Court there and then uh, Victory Hall at the Boxyard. Of course, your pregame and postgame destination this weekend for celebrating Felix and his induction into the Mariners Hall of Fame. It's open to the public starting at 430. So go check out Wyman and Bob and uh, hang out there. You can get more info at seattlesports.com slash events. Mm. We'll come back. We'll give you everything you need to know and then back to some more football conversation as Albert Breer was at Seahawks camp last week. Last year, he was the first to notice that everything Thing had changed. What did he come away with this year? We'll talk to him in 20. Need to know.
2: 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk.
0: Here's what you need to know. Up first. You need to know that Logan Gilbert was at his absolute peak last night. 100% dirty, filthy, nasty, whatever word you want to use. Disgusting. Ugh. Put it all in there because that's what he was last night. Just ridiculous. Gilbert stares home into the lineup. Here's a
1: 3-2. Swing and a miss. An absolutely ridiculous slider. And it tears apart one Soto. It's the 12th strikeout tonight for Logan Gilbert.
0: He has just set a new single game career high. would be a perfect, perfect way to describe it. He just got it done last night, Brock. Goes seven innings, struck out those 12, didn't allow a run. Mariners win 2-0 thanks to uh, Dylan Moore and Tom Murphy helping out. They got an odd call, right, on a a walk with bases loaded that was awarded after a pitch clock violation. But, Mm -hmm. hey, take it however you can get it. They are now winners of six straight, eight of nine, 13 of 15 playing their best ball of the
2: season. I'm starting to feel bad for some of the other pitchers on the Mariners. I'm not going to lie. Starting to feel bad for some of the relievers or even Luis Castillo. Like, Logan and George don't walk people. Their command is some of the best in all of baseball. George right there walks per strikeout, strikeout per walk. I mean, it's just ludicrous. 12 Ks last night. Logan Gilbert, for those of you who have not seen Walter in person, He's a large human. He's like six, 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 seven. The guys like that are not supposed to have Greg Maddox command. You're not supposed to strike out 12 and walk zero and really not even threaten many walks. You're supposed to be wild, erratic, parts not moving in, a, in, in great rhythm. That dude is command, and I'll tell you, man, was that the best? And I know pitching Savant and, and our buddy Luke and Divish and all these guys at study and Goldie, was that the best splitter on the season eye test
0: yes no doubt <sighs> and and the slider too i mean and i maybe that stands out a little bit after watching miller and woo over the course of the last few weeks where their fastballs have really been the pitch that have carried Marquee. them and the other things have sort of been yeah you can show the slider and sometimes it works out but when you saw what a guy looks like when they've got the devastating fastball to go with the slider and the the splitter he was he was ridiculous like you know what kind of reminded me of was vintage Kurt Schilling. When Kurt was really at his best, that was kind of what he would look like with those different pitches. Pretty amazing outing last night. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, and he got some great defense around him as well. That rotation now, Brock, which has been so, so, so good for them, is going to see yet another opportunity to make a change because Brian Wu exits... With a sore forearm, he goes to the IL 15 days. He's expected to bounce right back afterwards. So is it serious? No, not necessarily, but it is forearm. And so, yeah, you know me. The moment I hear forearm and pitcher, my mind goes all the way to the end. Well, see also Robbie Ray, and well, that's right. go that far and Marco this year. Right. I mean, sometimes forearm is forearm, and sometimes forearm is more than that. So... Hopefully, this is going to be in the former category. It didn't sound very serious. It sounded more like he just didn't have quite the same zip or recover quite as he normally would. Mm-hmm. And as they should, they should baby Brian Wu with the way he's, you know, his history is, and just at his age, take him out of the lo- out of the rotation, give him a couple of starts off, and let's get a look at another guy who should be just like him, Emerson Hancock. Yet another tall right-hander with two different fastballs and great command.
2: Webb Simpson. Emerson Hancock would be a great just uh, private country club PGA Tour name, What not it? for a name. Oh, yeah. Look at this kid. Look at this kid. He's out of South Texas. Yeah. Man. he got a great swing. Emerson Hancock.
0: It sounds like he's also got a great changeup.
1: He had a nice spring training and opened up eyes, performed a little bit better, I think, than some expected. Has proved to be, you know, durable. He's, he's made his starts in the minor leagues this year. Has a, a really nice changeup, a plus-plus changeup. Going to pitch with the fastball, the changeup slider. And has uh, had a nice string of outings. He had a little uh, string of four games coming into this call-up, which we are anticipating tomorrow, where he gave up one or fewer, actually
0: three. So that's pretty good. I mean, he's 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 had a pretty good season, just like everybody else at
2: Arkansas. And he's had to ra- to wait. What was that game? Red Rover, Red Rover, come on over! Everybody in Arkansas has got to come on over. Woo Miller first, Isaiah Campbell, even a couple of relievers and. When is my turn? When can Red Rover come on over? When do I get the ball? When do I get the chance? Well, you get it when it really matters, kid. 48 games to go. A team that's as hot as they have ever been this season. You get a chance to deal tonight. You, I, Darvish, on the other side? Pretty do, good, man. Do,
0: do I sense a little bit of bitterness? Were you the guy that nobody wanted to call over in Red Rover because you are going to hurt somebody coming through? Next. I can tell. I, I know. I know. They don't play that anymore, you know. Here's the third thing you need to know. Hey, by the way, Matt Festa DFA'd yesterday as well. Uh, on the injury front, Seahawks-wise, it's not great. And all of a sudden, there's a bunch of names on this list. Devin Witherspoon didn't practice for the second day yesterday. Does that mean we won't see him tomorrow night? That's kind of a bummer, but it seems somewhat likely. Dee Eskridge, Damian Lewis, Ken Walker, Joey Blunt, Derek Young, all unable to go yesterday. Let me focus because I, I spent some time on the wide receivers earlier. Devin Witherspoon is kind of an interesting case, right? I mean, the expectation was Devin Witherspoon is going to be your outside corner, starting opposite Tariq Woolen day one. Well, we haven't seen a lot of that. I mean, we've seen him at sort of the inside nickel spot, and we said, all right, you know, that's fine. He can start outside and then slide inside when you go to a nickel package. That's fine. But we just haven't seen a lot, not none. I don't want to, I don't want to exaggerate it.
2: But is there a reasonable chance that he doesn't end up as an outside corner? Let's see how much time he misses. I mean, he missed the first couple of days of practice. They babied him, rightfully so, through OTAs. And guess who's been there all the way along? Mike Jack. Like, you ain't taking my job, and, kid. And I'm tra- sorry. Yeah, and Trey Brown and Trey. as well. But, I mean, just directly starting opposite of woolen, And it's, you know, the guy that started every game last year. this is... It's just those coaches, and I don't know, do you, you did, probably didn't watch any Hard Knocks last night? No. It was pretty good. Robert Sala actually presented pretty well in front of the team. And I'm just reminded how important that presence is a head coach and your ability to present to huge rooms. Right. This is different than even like my day, where it was you know fifty three guys. I don't know 10, 12 coaches. Now there's like a hundred people in that room. Mm-hmm. Assistants to the assistants to the assistants. The quality control, quality like you've got to be able to present. And every one of these guys, when they start camp, all thirty two head coaches are like, "Hey man, don't count numbers. Don't you look around? You go out and you do your job. You know. And rookies, don't think you're going to take a grown man's job, their livelihood. You got to you know, it's not going to be given to you. If you're going to take it, you got to go get it." And Mike Jackson, Thriller, is not giving an inch right now.
0: Yeah, that's everything you need to know. I guess my question about Mike Jack is, or or about Devin Witherspoon, isn't so much about how the season starts, but is he definitely going to be an outside corner? I think so.
2: I mean, I, I think his press abilities, his man coverage abilities, his makeup speed, his hands, his feet, all of that stuff. Okay. But he's so intriguing to do more because most of those outside corners, like you would never want to see Tariq Woolen in the nickel slot. No. Like, no, no, no. You get out there. You play out there. Sherman, you play out there, right? And, and Witherspoon's got the frame and the body type and the just the snap. I mean, when he hmm. hits you, it is just different. He snaps people's heads back. Like, it just you got that snapping power. So, he's in, you know, and, and, well, there you go again. Kobe Bryant, I'm not giving up my nickel spot, kid. You know, I'm just not gonna do it. So, deepest position on this team is, Slur said yesterday, maybe deeper than the LOB, they've gotta prove it. But on paper, as we talk through this, you start to see why stink and analysts and who knows, maybe Albert Breer, who joins us next, would tell you this secondary is starting to feel a lot like their previous, previous, previous predecessor.
0: Well, we will talk to Albert coming up in a moment. He was here last week on Thursday to get a sense of what's going on here with the Seahawks last year. When he came out of it, I saw him later that day and he said, oh, my God, it's like a like a weight has been lifted off of that building. Like they just have come out of the fog and they feel like they can now go forward now that Russ is gone. What did he feel this year? We'll talk to him and find out next. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Power through the Alaska Airlines studio. Seattle sports and the Seattle sports app. Well, tomorrow night, we'll get our first look at these Seahawks in game action. Albert Breer from Monday Morning Quarterback, MMQB.com, of course, had a chance to see them up close and personal. What, Thursday you were there, Bert? When were you? You were there Thursday, right? I'm sure the days are all just uh, blending together as you go on your uh, tour of training camps. But what did you see when you were here in Seattle?
1: I think it was actually Friday, I think. Um, Yeah. I, I saw a um I saw a really talented team guys. Like I, I um you know and I've I've talked to other you know, people with other teams over the last few days that sort of so the same thing to me, like that they think Seattle's more talented than people are giving them credit for and I mean look, like part of that's probably the focus on the quarterback and whether or not Geno can repeat what he did last year. Um, you know, but I think there's like a real feeling that um and I know we've talked about this before. That, you know, like what they were able to accomplish in 2010 and 11 and 12 in the draft, aside from the quarterback, right? Like aside from the fact that they hit on Russell Wilson in the third round, um, like you could be seeing that again, you know? And we all know what the rookies did last year, the tackles, the corners, obviously Kenneth Walker and, um, you know, boy, Mafe and you know how they feel about that whole group in general. And, um, you know, at least early indications that I know you guys have been out there, so you've seen it are that it could be the same thing again, you know, with guys like obviously Smith and Jigba and Witherspoon and some of the depth they feel like they have in the class and Charbonnet and and just, um, you know, so I I think there's that feeling there that, you know, I I don't know if anybody wants to say it, although Pete sort of did to me, (laughs) um, that, you know, you're getting that feeling that you had, um, you know, a little bit over a decade ago when, when those great Seahawks teams were coming together that went to two Super Bowls and won one.
2: Feelings, nothing more than feelings. <laughs> and, la- and last year, Bert, you said, and Salka said this a couple times on the show today, you were the first to say there is a feeling. Of a weight lifted off everybody's shoulders, whether that was expectation, whether that is Russ and Bobby, you know, just veteran guys, nothing against them, but man, there's just there's a there's a feeling anew, and there's no more pressure in that weight, and everybody thinks you're going to be terrible. So if that was 22 from just a pure feeling, is it what you just said, like a, a, a confidence of talent, a, a vibe of you know what we are pretty yeah. good, or was there another feeling that you walked away with?
1: Yeah, I think the vibe was probably more energy and edge, you know, and, and I think that that's where the – I mean, maybe like the primary comparison to the old days came up, and just talking to those guys, or at least the guys that were there for that, um, you know, is that – and you guys know this, like, you know, obviously, you know, having been there for it, I mean, the guys who played back then in, in 10 and 11 and 12 and 13 and 14, um, they almost talked more about the practices into <laughs> the games, you know, and how intense things were inside the building and how you had to fight for your spot every day. And, you know, I know like, as some of those guys got older, you know, there was the question did they lose their edge because maybe that, that culture gets dulled a little bit when you're not on the way up the way that they were early um, in those, in that era. Um, And I think like you sort of had that energy and edge that you had at that time, like who's the running back going to be, you know what I mean? Which corners are going to play? Um, there's real competition on the roster because there's depth on the roster and they're good players in the roster. And so I would say the energy and edge is back. Now, you know, you can't (laughs) you can't have like the all out wars in practice that you had back then because it was a different (laughs) deal with the rules and everything else. Um but I definitely think that like there's that that, 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 that edge that they had, you know, all those years ago. And, um, you know, we'll see whether or not it manifests in the field. But I, I certainly think you can feel it when you're around the, the, the players and the coaches.
0: Any players stand out to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, w- Witherspoon is the one that I just, I mean, to me, you you watch him and they weren't even in pads the day I was out there. But you can kind of feel like how, you know, his reputation was coming out like every rep, is a competitive rep to him, you know, and how he can kind of be a tone setter even as a rookie and how edgy he is, how hard hitting he is. Like I I remember, and this is just because like I, maybe it's because I was in school with the guy um, at Ohio State all these years ago, but it reminds me of the way that people used to talk about Antoine Winfield and Brock, you may have played with them. Mm -hmm. Um, But Antoine was that way where he was smaller, but he was the toughest, hardest hitting guy on every team he ever played on, you know? And so Witherspoon was the one to me that kind of, you know, I I think it's like, if if there's one you're going to overlook, like if there was one that Pete and John were going to like overlook, like the height and length thing with a corner, then it was that type of guy. And it really looks early on like they, they, they hit on one there again. That's, Sort of probably outside their comfort zone and what they usually look for at the position. You're
0: you're, you're slipping, man. I'm disappointed in you. I mean, I set you up as an Ohio whoa, State guy. Whoa, 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 whoa,
1: to, to, hey, to go what, to exactly go with Jackson, Jackson Smith and exactly, Jigba. That's exactly. That's Dude. exactly why I went the other way, there, Mike. <laughs> hey
2: Bert, Bert, don't <laughs> take. Hey Bert, Bert, stop. Don't take. I that.
1: need to, make, Mike. I got to maintain my credibility. Bert, you know, Bert, do you not. About Jackson, if you want to hear it, do <laughs> not
2: take it. Okay, last hour, he badgered a cripple. That's not I true. I mean, we, we had a guest on poor Jeff Pass and broke his back, and Salk is badgering him. Don't let him do that to you, Bert. Throw it right back at him. Yeah. Tell him Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be rookie of the year. Right now. Go ahead. Throw it at him.
1: Jackson. How about that?
2: Say that again. Your phone Say that out. one more time. Your phone <laughs> yes. died right in that
1: moment. <laughs> Jackson Smith and Jigba might, might catch 100 balls. How about that?
0: Yeah, he might. He's pretty good, huh?
1: I mean, but but that's what he is, you know, and, like, that's what the expectation should be is – and not that 100 balls, but, like, he's, like, a high-volume guy. Like, he's very much, like, you know, the traditional slot where you might not get 12 touchdowns, you might not get 15 yards of catch, but he's going to be a factor at all times, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he's that sort of player, and um, I think it's it's going to be exciting to see him. I'll tell you what, like, the other thing that stood, stood out to me um, – the depth at defensive end. Now, I think they have some work to do on the interior, and they may actually, you know, make a move as we get, you know, as we get closer to the start of the season and their cut downs and everything else. Um oh, But <laughs> sorry, uh, my 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 kids just yelled at me.
2: Yeah, I don't blame hey,
1: hey, him. I'm going. I'm, I'm taking him to camp. So um, oh, nice. he's going to fishing camp right now, and he just decided to yell at me at that point.
0: So I don't, I don't blame him. He said,
2: "Give Jackson his due." Um, I heard him. Give Jackson his due. Dad. He's like,
0: "Dad, why didn't you send me to Camp Siwataro yeah. in in Sudbury? What's the matter with you?" Wow, well, I haven't heard about Camp
1: Siwataro in forever. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no. I think that like, the other thing that stuck out was probably the like the um, the depth at defensive end, and yeah. um, you know, Boye Mafe. Like, and I know they've already we already know how good they are at that at that um, at that position, you know, or how good how good, um, how good they are with that draft class. Yep. Yeah. I I think uh Boy Mafi sorry guys. Hey.
2: <laughs> put him this on the phone. Uh, I Bert, hey Bert, Bert, Bert put him on the phone. Put We'd him on like to it. talk. I want to talk to you. What's his name? Put him on the phone.
1: Do you want Steve, do you want to yeah. talk to do you wanna to talk, to yeah.
2: Yeah. So talk to them? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, he, he's not in
1: a talking mood. What's wrong? Um so yeah, the uh Oh, this is so
0: good. This is almost as good we, as when we, you came we, on the air and we, started swearing. This is good. The,
1: can we come back
0: next segment? Yeah. yeah. Why don't we, why don't we take a little break, Bert? We'll we'll call you back. We'll I'll let you deal back with back your family back. stuff. You, we'll we'll give Bert a couple minutes off here. Oh my gosh, that is hysterical. So
2: good. Hey, that's life, man. That's how this thing goes. That is my kind of man right there, though. That is one bossy sensorman. <laughs> Tom Nelson's listening somewhere. He's like, that dude's going to be a good fisherman. He's an old salt already. <laughs> He's telling dad, get me to fishing camp. Enough with this stuff. So, um, so what What jumps out right there? right well, away.
0: A few things. And, and honestly, I had a, a question I was going to ask him if we uh, had a little bit longer and maybe we'll get back to bird at some point. And he said right at the beginning, the question about Geno Smith is, can he repeat what he did last year? I don't really feel like that's a question. I think Geno, I, I feel reasonably sure that Geno Smith can repeat what he did last year. The question for me is, does Geno Smith need to be more than he was last year? Is repeating it enough? Is that okay, good enough answer for that, the Seahawks okay, to get to on. the next level?
2: Take that back just a step to answer that. Define first and foremost what Geno Smith was from, your, from you know, your answer there. What was Geno Smith last year? Define that for me.
0: I don't know that I can define it. Define it for me
2: and define it for me now. I'm not even going to give you, you've badgered two guests today. It's time I turn the tables and go on fleek on you. I didn't define, define what Geno Smith was. You said, hey, Geno Smith can be what he was last year. So tell me what Geno Smith was. He was a good quarterback last year. He was. What is wrong with you? Who are you? I don't even know you anymore. Okay. Earlier in the week, you give me oh, it's just baseball, and now I ask you for to define Gino. I don't know. He's good. Like who is this guy? What what has happened? What has happened to the hard edge sulk? You've like given it to all you know, of me. Just in America, so and, and you,
0: all three of you guys were talking the other day about how you're Goodness. getting older, right, and how you find yourself getting mad a little bit more quickly, right, getting a little bit more angry. Maura was saying it, right. You've lost well, some let's of be your very patience. Clear. I
2: am old, and I am basic.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> you were talking about how you guys are getting older, and you're sure. losing some of your patience. Sure. I'm going the other way. As I get older, I'm getting finally to but be. But I more don't patient.
2: need you to lose your fastball. No. Okay, be more patient. But don't lose your fastball. Give me something here, boss. Give it to me, Geno Smith. Last year, and don't tell me he was a good quarterback. He was. I can, Mike. I can pick someone up off the 405 and bring them in studio. And you know what they would tell me, Geno Smith? Well, they might. They might <laughs> yeah. panic like Roger. Yeah. He was. He was a good quarterback. But I, I, I do
0: kind of mean it. Gino was, he was better than solid, but not quite elite. Is that fair? That's fair. To me, that's, that's fair. He was a good quarterback. He was but That's he, kind of what I mean by it. He was better than solid, but not quite elite. And well, I, have, I, would... I have very little doubt that he can do it again, that he can be similarly accurate, that he can have the same command. I, I have some questions, I guess, about just health, because that would be a question about anybody. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm really not that worried about whether or not Gino can repeat his general performance
2: from last year. The numbers would tell can you. Can be Saul, better than that? The numbers would tell you, and this is pure numbers and not I, and this is where numbers do lie every once in a while. The eye in the sky lies, doesn't lie, the numbers will lie at times. Because the first half of the year, when this team was 6-3, and three, yeah, he was I'm, an MVP but I'm, elite. but I'm
0: averaging out over the course of the year. And I think mm-hmm. that he can be, on average, what he was last year. I don't know whether he can be better. And that, to me, is the question for this team. The defense, I think, will be improved. The offense has all this weaponry. And Gino's a good quarterback. Can he be better than he was last year?
2: Yep. And uh, there is one thing we, I don't think we have mentioned this one time. Honestly, and this should be a blue 88 for you tomorrow, and I'm going to make you think about it and sleep on it all night if I was a mean guy, but I'm not going to do that. I used to be a mean guy. I'm not anymore. Yeah, it's nice. There's a name that we have not referenced one time since he departed. And he departed for a significant role. He departed. And in this conference, shame on me. Shame on me for not even mentioning this one time. Because this will play a little bit of a role into this season, and you know there will be some eyes on it. Who is the departure from the Seahawks that elevated his role significantly in the offseason elsewhere, and who is no longer with Geno? The center, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Austin Davis. Austin Blythe retired, so he's not. I mean, he, no. that kudos to him. Wasn't Austin finished. Davis the quarterback Mm-mm. coach guy? No, nah, he was around a little bit, but nope, close, close name. What, what's what's the other name? Dave. Oh,
0: Dave Canales. Canales. Yeah. There you go.
2: Dave Canales, man. Dave Canales last year for Geno was Terry Shea to Damon Huard. And I know I've told this story a lot, but Terry Shea, when Damon was in Kansas City, Damon would tell you, you know, he was, oh, you got Burt back? Okay, well, Terry, Damon would tell you Terry was his biggest fan. And Dave Canales, Geno's biggest fan. Yeah, And that's a voice that, that's not here. That, that doesn't mean he needs to cripple or he's going to fall back. That is something I think worth keeping an eye on a little bit.
0: Well, a lot of uh, a lot of people wanting to know more about uh, Bert's son uh, and his voice. So uh, yeah. we uh, we have Albert Breer back. Did you drop him off? Are we good to go now? That was fantastic. So you guys have now gotten an F bomb <laughs> from me a few years ago, and now this. Yeah,
1: that's great. I'm, I'm 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 instant entertainment. Yeah. So uh-huh. I, uh, we- I like I thought everything was going to go smooth. He could just get out of the car, and um, we were right. I was taking him to fishing camp. And you know you need a life vest at fishing camp. Well, um, my wife declined to put the life vest in the car. Oh, she's probably gonna, she, she'd probably argue with me if I blame her for that. But since I'm just talking with you guys and the rest <laughs> of Seattle, I can blame here. Um. So yeah. No. I. I. am I'm, I'm picking up the life vest to run it back there. Oh wow! Get on the fishing boat without the life vest. What a,
0: what a is, dad! Uh, what a dad you are. Yeah.
1: So. After well, after 16 days away, <laughs> you know there are some things that you uh, have to make up for. And uh yeah. so let me here ask I you am, this. Here I am. L- let me get back to the football.
0: I got an important football question for you because you. Uh, yeah. I just asked Brock this. You said you it right me to at the beginning.
1: The thought? Do you want me to finish the thought on the defensive end thing, by the way, or do you want? We, nah, we, we're we, done with we, we that. We're we're,
0: we're we're done with the defensive oh, okay, ends. Yeah, Derek Hall is yeah. going to be the best player who ever lived. Just don't just write that down now. That guy's going to be. I
1: would say. I would say. I'm, I'm going to just give you guys a fun one. When we'll move on. All right. What I was trying to say while my kid was yelling at me, <laughs> um, Boye Maffe is drawing Cliff Averill comparisons in, in, in inside that building. So I just thought that'd be an interesting nugget to give you guys. For
0: sure, he he's. Um... He's a pretty athletic dude. I mean, like, he may need to figure the game out a little bit, but it sure sounds yeah. like a year in, that's starting to come. And and then you put Derek Hall out there and Nuosu, All of a sudden, uh, what used to be a weakness maybe is one of the strengths of this team.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think, like, one of the things that's cool about it is both Hall and Mafe are, like, bigger, tougher, you know, like, heavy-handed defensive ends that – you know, theoretically, at least, if they grow the way that the Seahawks hope can play, turn into three down players, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, like I said, like I was saying earlier, like the interior still definitely needs some work. But um, there's no question that they feel really, really good about, you know, where they are defensive end with their young players.
2: Bert, Bert, i answer the question. Um, and I know you will because uh, you got a fastball still, man, up and in <laughs> fastball, even though your kid sounds like he's got a better one than you. Can Gino repeat? <laughs> Can Gino repeat and do even more than he did a season ago?
1: He's doing all the right things. I will say that. Um, you know, I just know from the time he spent in the off season. I mean, I I mean beyond just like he's spending a couple extra weeks at the facility and, and being there through the Super Bowl, which he didn't have to do. You know, most guys disperse and he stuck around for an extra couple of weeks to get extra work in and kind of debrief on the season too what he did in the off season. Like I, I, before I talked to him about this, um, you know, I'd never heard of a guy going, you know, all these guys have like passing camps and all that, like, and they'll come and meet in Texas or California or Florida, or whatever. I'd never heard of a guy going individually one by one to each of his receivers to go meet with them and work with them. And so, you know, he's doing and saying all the right things and he's supremely confident. And I think, you know, with what's around him. He's really set up um, to have a, another great year. You know, I, I think so much of it with quarterbacks comes down to environment, and you know I think he's got a real comfort level with Shane now. Um, and then beyond just that, like you look at the talent, the two tackles, the receivers between you know Metcalf and Lockett, and now with Jackson coming in, what they have in the backfield, you know, presuming those guys get healthy. Um, and you know, it's just I just think you look around him, Brock, and um, you know he's set up to have a really nice year. He's done all the things to set himself up to do that as well.
0: Did you get to Niners while you were out here as well? Did you? I did. Okay, so yep. so comp these two teams. How you know <laughs> the idea is that Seattle's got to try to catch San Francisco. How far off from doing that are they?
1: Uh, I think San Francisco's got the best ro- roster in the league. Um, you know, and and it's it's really obvious when you're there. I mean, you just look at it, and I, I almost forgot like Javon Hargrave on the team. You know what I mean? Like, and you're looking at it, and it's like. God, like there's Armstead, there's Warner, there's Ward, and there's Ufanga, and then like you don't even, and then 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 you realize oh wait like, wait like, Javon Hargrave from you know the Eagles is here now, and their best player Nick Bosa isn't even out here, and then on offense you know it's Ayuk and it's Debo Samuel and it's Trent Williams, so I you know I think that it's sort of similar in a way, and that like you know a lot of the the how far this team goes is going to be based on the quarterback, but I still say like from a roster standpoint. The Seahawks are trying to get where the Niners are, and the Seahawks are probably, you know, like, I, you know, like, I, I think that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, life jacket just went he <laughs> just threw it, and he went off the dock into the water. Yeah. Everybody, say a prayer for Bert. Oh, poor Bert, poor Bert. I'm still here. Oh,
0: no, you're
1: still there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still here. I can hear you.
2: Oh, Maybe you thought- can hear me, but I can hear you.
1: <laughs> I, I said the Niners. I said, Niner, I said "God, this is a uh, this is a uh, this this is one that'll go down in the books." I, I had uh yeah, no. I, all I was saying was that uh, that I think that the, the Seahawks are right now, like maybe the hope would be that they're a younger version of what the Niners already are. You know, when all of those guys, all those names they rattled off, I don't know how many of them you heard um, oh, yeah. were, were were young players coming up.
2: Well, they chased them down the first time, Bert, and that's why we love you and we will have you on again, and this is going to be very, very memorable. But part of the reason –
1: The good news is I set the bar so low this time. that I'm bound to clear it the next time, right?
2: Well, they had to chase the Niners down, right? It was a big, bad bully. It was Harbaugh. It was a Super Bowl team. It was all of that. It was talent. God, goodness gracious. Remember those Niners teams with Patrick Willis and all their guys? And the Seahawks chased them yep. down then. And fast forward a decade, and it feels like they're having to chase them down now. They went 0-3 against them last year. It doesn't feel like this year they're going to go 0-3 again. Yeah. All right, that's Lucky
0: it. For, we're done. For, 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 for. <laughs> we're done. We're <laughs> done. Sorry, guys. Make See Albert it. go away. Oh, we'll I do it love again. him. He's my I'm favorite. Not... But we're oh, done. Gosh. We're done. Mora, oh, goodbye. He's, so good. he's the best. But he, we're done. Yes. We're done with Albert for today. He's gonna be so frustrated, and he <laughs> he's so be... mad. he to take his phone and throw it into whatever fishing lake his kid is at. But that's all right. He, uh, I think we kind of get the idea. He, yes. he really likes what the Seahawks team has done. He thinks they've got a lot of young talent and he think, still thinks the Niners are better. Yep. And I, I don't know that I can disagree
2: with that. Well, I mean, think, think about it. Was just he Just talent-wise. Yeah, it, it's what we have talked about. It's what you talked about with the Kraken. All right, It's what we talk about with the Mariners, what we talk about with the Seahawks, what we do in this day and age, and we try to fight it as much as we can and not just live on stars. Chris Peterson's star. We're talking about stars, right? We're talking about the upper class.
0: Another joke do, question.
2: Do the do the Kraken have enough stars do the Seahawks have enough stars? DK was the only one in any position group ranked in the top ten. The Niners have player after player Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa. You know what they got? They got stars. And they're starting to pay them. But they are not paid that quarterback. And that quarterback was one heck of a refreshing story for them last year. One of the great stories. As good as Geno's story was... First eight games of the year. Yeah.
0: Brock Purdy. The last just eight as games good. of the
2: year. It was Brock Purdy and more. So who's going to rewrite the story more consistently in 2023? Did Bert text
0: you? He did. He says he's sorry, obviously. He's, I'm sorry about that. Um, my favorite text about Bert says he's like a human DVR with his ability to pause and then just play as soon as he comes back on
2: and pick up exactly where he just left off. Can nope, you write true. that down somewhere, Maura and Justin? Write that down the next the time we DVR. have a human DVR. Birds. The human DVR Brewer. I mean, (laughs) we also got
1: a text in the middle of all that that I really enjoyed, Brock, when you were letting Salk have it, that Uh the 425 said, whoa, Brock fleek and Salk from all sides. (laughs)
0: Somebody else, though, said Brock was being kind of mean today. Didn't uh-huh. you see that? Why is Brock being such a jerk? It's a good question. I, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to grow uh-huh. as a person. Sure. I'm trying to relate to people a little bit better. You know, yeah, I'm trying no, to good. make
2: myself an improved Yeah, likeable, human being. Yeah, warm, friendly, not dark, dank, depressed. You've right. come a long way. I'm you just have. more positive. And, and what do I but get just- for it? I get ripped by
0: you?
1: Wait, what you were doing with passing was positive? Yes. It didn't feel like it.
0: Well, but it was. Jeff was being <laughs> Jeff was looking at the negative side. Oh, look at how the Angels are crumbling. And I was just taking a positive view on the same sure. subject, as saying, "Hey, yeah,
1: yeah. cuz you never like
0: to be negative about the Angels." There's no, two sides to this story. You could yeah. choose to look at the negative, or you could choose to look at the team so, that's winning those games and you what a great job me they're doing.
2: Years ago, rightfully so, to stop nodding. You need more than a nod on yeah. the radio, okay? <laughs> I'm just asking you in this like soft, warm, lovely, friendly sulk, mm-hmm. just don't lose your fastball. Okay. All right? Just still have a fastball.
0: You think I still need a, a yeah, fastball? Still,
2: still bring that fastball. You have your other pitches. It's great. You can go to splitter. But what if my fastball is only like ninety two now? Like, what if I don't have the same fastball? Then command it, okay, and say it declaratively. <laughs> That's what Ross did as he got is older. Just
1: finding new ways of being passively annoying.
0: <laughs> Another one says that Salk thinks he's a man of a pe- man of the people. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Sure, bud. All right, hey, you can know what? Do this? I can't. Can wait we do for this? trying. I swear to God, whatever direction I go,
2: it just doesn't work. So we're going to take this? a break. I want to do this. I shared a little note last night on our show note. I'd like to come back to that. Yeah, I'm I'm very, very. You're going to disagree, and that's fine. Yeah. That's good. I'm yeah, very you're... hesitant
0: to agree with oh, you. Oh, I know are you, you are because it's you all want just the baseball.
2: fastball. I'll bring you the
0: fastball next. It's Brock and Salk, Sports, a 7 10.